Hello and welcome to the Lights on the Screen podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Blunden, and joining me as always is Taylor. How are you? I'm good. I am uh, a little bit stressed, <laughs> a little bit frazzled, but I'm good. You know, I'll be, I'll be, it'll be fine. Everything will be fine. <laughs> Ear- early stages of wedding planning are so much fun when you cry about how much money you're about to have to spend <laughs> on things. But, you know, I'm good. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> I just am looking at a house deposit and going, that's all, that's going to that's gonna go for a wedding. Okay. <laughs> that's how it works, man. I don't know what to tell you. Helena, how are you? Single and happy. <laughs> how are you this post-Valentine's Day? Single and happy. <laughs> happy I'm not spending so much on a wedding. Uh, maybe one day, but we'll see. You're going to spend a lot to come to it, but, True. you know, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, see you, <laughs> No, I'll be there. Um, no, I'm good. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> this week on the show, guys, we are, of course, talking about the latest from Marvel Studios, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania. But before we get into that, guys, uh, actually, a bit of a without notice, there awesome. was a whole bunch of trailers that dropped for Super Bowl, uh, because obviously we sat and watched the Super Bowl on... Um, Clearly, Elena, you're a massive Super Bowl fan. Oh, like, literally clearly, loved um, when the Broncos won. <laughs> <laughs> if you actually got the right team, then I would have been so impressed. But no, well done. Yeah, um, I have no idea who played in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Rihanna? Rihanna won. Yeah, that's true. fair. No, f- true. <laughs> true. True. Um, so just... Real quick, I guess, like from the trailers that we you actually saw, because I know you've avoided most of them. I, listen, a trailer would come up and I'd be like, eh. And then I'd get a Super Bowl commercial and I'd be like, all right, it's time to make my list. <laughs> listen, you, the Squarespace ad with Adam Driver, iconic. Instantly iconic. Like just having a million Adam Drivers cloned in one scene together. Perfect. No notes. Uh, the... Uh, Bud Light commercial. I think it was Bud Light. Bud mm, Light commercial yeah. with Miles Teller yeah. Yeah. and his wife Kelly and their dog. Their adorable. <laughs> he's dancing around with an adorable dog. Like what? A- like especially, I was like, okay, hold music for eight hours. I I would also host a dance party, but I don't know if Jacob would actually join in no. with me. He'd probably no, just would- look at me like. Well, I mean, the last time we did that, I slept and you got Spider-Man tickets. Well, it was to be fair, it was like one in the morning, so that's a little bit of a yeah. different vibe. But uh, I was seriously like the true American that I am. I was much more invested in the stupid Super Bowl commercials <laughs> that cost millions and millions of dollars for like 30 seconds of airtime. Like, I closed my eyes and started screaming when the uh, Flash... <laughs> abomination came on the screen the flash tv spot and so that's that's really like and then the the tv spots and stuff i did see they weren't much different like there no. wasn't really new footage or anything no. so that's indie, all I indie show like that. one extra scene and um i mean we got we got our first look at fast x which i just want to say Hell yeah i just want to say that trailer may be one of the worst Major studio trailers I have ever seen. It is horribly edited Are we together. Surprised? <laughs> no, no, no. It, it's horribly edited. Jason, it's, what have they done to Jason Momoa? Because he looks weird in that movie, and I don't know why. And it looks really weird. Okay. Um, 
I don't care. I'm so excited for Fast X. It looks they, like could, they literally needed to not show me a single second of footage, and I would have been there. Just because after the last movie, I was like, you know what? If this is the trajectory we keep going in, where just they're trying to one-up themselves into just being literally so out of the realm of believability that it's just like, that's what I want. I don't want it to take itself seriously. I don't want it to try to compete with like the serious like action draw, like not. I want people traveling back in time and <laughs> actually going into space, like Marvel crossover. They're in the quantum like, realm. Yes, that is what I want from these movies. So you know, yeah, I, I am more just sitting there going, "Oh my god, this is going to be ridiculous," and I don't care. But again, that trailer is awful. It is terribly edited. Like it tells you the whole movie in three and a half minutes. Oh. Yeah, it's an awful what trailer. What trailers are just getting too long? Why yeah, is a trailer three and a half minutes? I don't minutes? understand why it is. Like, it's because he does... Fast and Furious, they do the big event for the trailer, and so they feel the need that they have to go, hey, we've we've made this big event. We should probably put something that's more than just two minutes. And I just don't no. get it. But uh, do were any of the trailers jump out for you? Um, What did I watch? What? Guardians? Guardians, yeah. That, yeah, that I watched dropped. that. Yeah. Um, I'm really scared for Rocket's life. Yeah. So that's going to ruin me. <laughs> um, what else is there? Air? That was, that was uh, Air. Air, yeah. Air I was fun. just watching whatever my boss had on his computer <laughs> when Air they look, dropped. Air looks good. Yeah. Looks I'm, good. I'm excited. I, I'm excited for Air. The, the one at, like, I don't know how I feel about Matt Damon in it. That's my only thing. I just... I like Matt Damon as an actor, but for some reason he just felt like the one like odd thing in the mm. trailer that I didn't know if it really fit in, but maybe that's just the way the trailer's cut. But Ben Affleck, he looks ready to go. He's like locked in. And I'm always excited to see him direct something. Yeah. And we don't get enough of that. So no. Yeah. New new Ben Affleck directed movie I'm in. And I'm I'm excited. I, I think I just love the way the whole trailer is constructed of that build up to um, we're we're going to put everything on the line for this one rookie. Da, 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 da. Who's who's the kid? Oh, Michael Jordan. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's like, oh, right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I do I do love all that. But uh, besides trailers, Taylor, what have you been watching? I've been watching quite a bit, actually. And it's a really interesting mix of new things that I've been watching as well. Kind of like... I mean, they're all pretty much ro- romance-based movies, but they're a little all over the place. So I finally saw Spoiler Alert, because mm. it's finally out here to where you can actually go see it. And that was so emotionally devastating. Last, <laughs> there were four of us in the theater. There was me, this girl who was alone in the room in front of me, and like two people a couple rows behind me. And the last 15 minutes, all you heard was like sniffling yep. and people trying not to <laughs> sob. <laughs> like... It was it was a real it was a rough it was a rough ending like I was and you think that because you know what's gonna happen yeah, yeah. like it's softened the yeah. blows it's it so, tells you exactly what's gonna yeah. happen you know it's telling you hey 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 spoiler alert this is coming for you and then you're like oh okay no it's the way they do it it's just oh heartbreaking it's yeah the the rest of the rest of the movie leading up to it it's adorable. And it's awkward and it's cute. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's just like this sweet rom-com. Like it's the chemistry between the characters is really great. Like it's just, it's fun. Like it's a fun movie. And then you get to the end of it and you're like, why? (laughs) Why would you do this? (laughs) Why would you attack me in this way? Yeah. Um, 
And anyone who has any like personal ties, like whether it's like actually like because of you or because of someone, you know, if you have a tie to someone who's had cancer or if you've ever had to like watch someone through the last stages of their life, this is gonna, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot, but it's really, really good. Um, it, I would recommend it, but like be aware there's a huge disclaimer <laughs> on that like just be prepared for what you're in for because you probably think you're ready because you know what's coming i promise you you're not ready <laughs> it's a lot so that was the first one then i watched for the very first time how to lose a guy in 10 days <gasps> for the first time no, i didn't for the, the first I, time wow okay i thought you how were many times said- do i have to say i don't watch mcconaughey movies no that's fair oh I, I thought I'm you were rewatching right it. No, no, oh, no. wow. No, no, okay. No. It was wow. a, it was the first time. Right <laughs> oh it was the first time watch for me. Can I tell that story? I need to tell this story. Um, I don't know what story you're talking about, but sure. Uh, so <laughs> I come out. Oh, this is this is a good about six months ago. Yeah. I come yeah. out and Taylor's watching a movie, and I'm like, oh, okay, cool, yeah, all right. Come down, sit down. And go, okay, yeah, no, she just likes that one. That's fair. That it's like the epitome of a Taylor movie. I'm like, okay, fine, fair enough. And I go back, you know, I go back into my room, and I'm, I don't know, I don't know what I was doing. But I was doing something anyway. And later, I, I go, oh, like, what do you think? She's like, oh, well, I'd never seen it. I'd never seen it before. It was music and lyrics, okay. which is a huge, which is a huge Grant music movie with Drew Barrymore, mm-hmm. and it's like the epitome of a Taylor movie. And we put, and she put it up that she had never seen it before. And every man and their dog was like, wait, how have you I got like 50 replies on Twitter going, excuse me. And then I just, I like replied to every, I like added everyone. I was like, you've all let me down by up until this point, just assuming that I had seen this and not telling me what I was missing in my life. Um, so yeah, I watched how to lose a guy in 10 days. It was really cute. Yeah. Really liked it. Do you um, get my like Matthew McConaughey? Matthew McConaughey now? has rights in one single movie, <laughs> <laughs> and it's this movie. Like I'll give him that much. Uh, Catherine Hahn is phenomenal. Yes. She is so good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's yeah, it's just really cute. Um, I just feel like I'm glad that we got Glass Onion because we don't talk about Kate Hudson anymore. Mm-hmm. Like we just don't, and she's just always so good in everything that she's in, and she's so fun and she has that the camera just loves her thing like anyway so that was great that was a really good first time watch i rewatched i love you man and it definitely got worse for me like my rating went down i posted that i watched it and i had all, all these dudes reply being like oh yeah such a great funny like oh all these scenes and i'm sitting there going mm. i don't think it's aged very well like I, love you, man. I i i used to really first time i watched that movie i was really into it because paul rudd Mm. like i don't need to say anything other than that but some of the humor in it just has not aged well for me like it's 2009 is like peak like it's there's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of misogyny and just casually thrown in there uh and a lot of it just like i think i thought was funny when i was younger but my humor just like isn't that anymore uh so i rewatched that i watched somebody i used to know which I watched specifically because Jay Ellis is in it, and I'm on my Top Gun Maverick bullshit still, where I just watch things that anyone that was in Top Gun Maverick is in. Plus, it's a romance movie, so duh. Like, that's just my brand. Um, I really liked it. I didn't know what to expect going into it. If you don't actually know what it's about, I think you're going to get to the end of it and be like, that's not what I thought it was about. Okay. 
So you're either going to love that or you're really not going to be on board with where it goes. But I thought that it was, it's one of the few stories, like, it's funny, but not in, like, a mean way. And it's also, it gives all of the characters a lot of room to be messy and a lot of room to, like, make mistakes and then actually, like, learn something by the end of it. When things get resolved, it's not just things getting resolved because it's a rom-com. It's like they all are do really shitty things and they make mistakes and then you get to the end of it and there's actually you're like, all right, they've really learned something. They get to be better people in this next phase of their lives and everyone just had really good chemistry too. So it was really good. I would recommend anyone checking that one out. I watched At Midnight, which again is part of my Top Gun Maverick bullshit because Monica Barbaro's in it, uh, Diego Bonetta is also in it, who I adore. He's really great, and we don't see enough of him and things. It's another rom-com, and it's really fun because Monica Barro plays an actress in it, and Diego plays, like, a hotel manager, and she goes to Mexico for six weeks to finish, like, filming this trilogy of films she's doing. She's in a superhero movie, and they show you some of the scenes of her, like, filming the superhero movie. It's hilarious. Like, it's just so... There's a scene where she's like, oh, yeah, Scorsese just says we're not art, man. I don't know. It's so... It's so good. It's so funny. Um, they have really cute chemistry together. It's just a fun movie. There's a scene where they tango dance, and it's awesome. Like, I... Ugh, I just love it. It's just... It's another one of those rom-coms where the leads actually have chemistry. It's really cute. It has a lot of heart. Um, so I would recommend that one as well. That one's a Paramount Plus thing. So had to figure that one out. <laughs> Last one I watched is a bit controversial. People are very like, your place or mine has divided people. <laughs> oh, wow. Your place or mine, like people are not happy about this movie. And I went into it. I didn't even know if I wanted to watch it because everyone said it was so bad. Like, people are just ragging on it so hard. And I didn't really even know. Like, my friend, I was messaging her. And, like, she just decided she wasn't even going to watch it. And I was like, oh, you know what? I feel like I need to. Like, I need to know for myself mm -hmm. if it's really that bad. Because I've seen some bad rom-coms in my day. Like... Having watched a hundred Having watched a hundred of them in one month. Um... <laughs> I feel like I'm a certified expert mm, on these yeah. on these kind of things now. And honestly, I think the actual premise of the movie is the thing that works against it the most, unfortunately, because up until the last like 10 minutes of the movie, Reese and Ashton are not together on screen at all. Oh, they're in different cities the whole time. Like it's split screen stuff or they're oh, off doing okay. their own things. So the premise of the story is her and her son are in California and Ashton's character is in New York mm -hmm. and they've been friends for 25 years and she's supposed to go visit him for a week for like the first time in years and years and years and the son is supposed to have a babysitter and stay back home and whatever. Something happens with the babysitter so Ashton decides to fly out to watch her son while Reese goes to New York to do like the classes and the school stuff she needed to fly out there for while she was hanging out with him. So they basically switch places and Ashton's hanging out with her son the whole time and she's in New York and it's like she, you know, like meets one of Ashton's like exes and they hang out and like all this stuff and then he's over here with the son and it's like, 
I don't know how they're supposed to, because people say their chemistry is bad, and it is, but I don't know how you're supposed yeah. to create chemistry when they're literally never on screen together. That's weird, yeah. Like, not until the last 10 minutes when they have their big romantic reunion. They're never, they're never in the same place. Hmm. And you could do this premise, but you'd have to do it where it's like, you'd have to cut it to like half the movie where they're not together. Because having it be the whole movie just... By the, when they reunite, you're like, oh, yay. It, like, it just, it feels really weird. Um, so that didn't really work for me, unfortunately. Um, Steve Zahn is in it. His character is so random, and he's probably my favorite part. <laughs> like, there's literally no reason for him to be in the movie, and he's great. <laughs> like, he's probably Amazing. the best part. Um, and I really think, I don't know. Maybe it had to do with, like, the casting as well. I love Reese, but I don't know if this was the right movie for her. It's just there are a lot of weird things working against it, but I don't necessarily think it's as horrific as everyone is trying to say that it is. Um, But again, people probably haven't watched as many rom-coms as I have and know the depth of how bad they can (laughs) actually get. So This is so perfectly timed, but I just read this tweet that is about it, and I want to see get your comment. Okay. Your place or mine committed the rom-com Cardinal Sid number one. Don't cast a guy as the rival who has more chemistry with a female lead than her co-star. <sighs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, it depends on what rival they're talking about. Okay. Because if they're talking... I don't know if I would consider... Kutcher doesn't have any rivals in the movie, necessarily. Mm. Like, if... if <laughs> If they're talking about Steve Zahn's character, no. <laughs> That's very one-sided. Okay. He, yeah. If they're talking about... What's the actor? Hold on. I have to find the actor's name. If they're talking about Jesse Williams, because mm. Jesse Williams plays the man she meets when she's in New York. Yeah. Like, that she has a fling with, who I'm assuming that's maybe they're talking about. She does have great chemistry with Jesse Williams. <laughs> like, they, they they sit there and drink wine and talk about literature, and, like, they have this whole... Oh, my God. They have this whole thing. <laughs> like, it's... You can tell that he's so... He's... He's the whole... The chemistry the is there. Like, it's a whole thing. <laughs> so, like, I kind of sitting there during their scenes going, hmm. <laughs> She's going to leave him for Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> so now I feel in- interesting. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, I I do think that's a bit of a problem. But again, she gets to spend time in the same room with Jesse Williams. <laughs> they get to, like, have exactly, real eye contact yeah. and spend yeah. time together. So, like, I do think that's a big problem because Ashton Kutcher has scenes with Tig Notaro, who Tig is in California and is, is friends with all of them, but she spends time with Reese, obviously, because she lives in California. And Tig and Ashton are really funny together. They have really great comedic timing where they bounce off of each other really well. Like I said, I think it all comes down to the fact that they're just never in the same room. They're always on a split screen talking on phone to each other. And that's just so boring as well, the split screen kind of thing. And it's just, they keep doing it over and over again. And that's like just, so it's a really weird formula to try and create romantic chemistry. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, don't, I had a lot of very complicated thoughts about this movie because I was like, am I really going to defend this movie? Kind of, because I don't think it's the worst thing that I've ever seen. And it also had potential, like it had potential like to be really interesting. It just, there were some execution things that I think- It's not the worst movie I've ever it's seen. Re- but listen, it's Listen, <laughs> until you've watched a hundred Hallmark Christmas movies, rom-coms, you haven't seen 
limbs in the depths. You, just, of... you don't understand the dark so that, web of rom-coms. <laughs> so that's so that's been my week of movies. Uh, there. Oh, um, I've watched like three movies um, besides Ant Man. So I don't have much, but I watched a little movie called The Savages, um, 2007, stars Laura Linney and Philip Seymour Hoffman, God Bless His Soul. Um, It was actually nominated for like Oscars and Golden Globes and Critics' Choice Awards. It's like a, it's something that like would only get nominated in 2007. Like it's so 2007. Um, But I watched it because of uni. Um, I'm doing a course about aging and dying. Oh. And this movie is about aging and dying. <laughs> so um, it was actually quite like quirky and a bit funny. Um, Laura Linney and Philip Seymour Hoffman are brother and sister and they basically uh, find out that their father like has, uh, I think, Alzheimer's or dementia. Can't remember which one. Um, and they have to care for him as he goes into aged care and stuff like that. Um and yeah, so they their kind of awkward sibling relationship works really well with their acting. Um, and I really, in, I didn't, uh, I didn't really enjoy it actually. It was just fine. <laughs> but um, I would recommend it if you see it on Netflix or anything. I had to watch it on Microsoft Video Player through <laughs> YouTube. I mean, through um, university. So don't know where else it is. But, uh, oh, it's on HBO Max if you're listening in the US. Mm. There you go. Um, but besides that, I also rewatched The Hunger Games for like the millionth time. Um, epic. <laughs> Relived my, my 12-year-old self. Um, I have to expose myself because rewatching this, I realized something. Oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh God. <laughs> when I was, okay, again, I was 12. I was Team Gale. Um, <laughs> look on your face. When you were 12. Oh, my God. Okay, yeah, we get it. I'm like 10 years younger than you. Shut the fuck up. Um, yeah, I was Team Gale, uh, which is just like That's atrocious disgusting. now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, is, that is so bad. But like from rewatching the first movie. He doesn't do anything bad in the first movie, no, particularly. No, no, no. So just from that alone, I think it's fair to say I was Team Gale. I had not read the books. I had just watched okay. the first movie, and little twelve-year-old me was like, "Gale is hotter than Peter, therefore Team Gale," <laughs> which was also my logic of Twilight at the time. I was Team Jacob. We we grow up. <laughs> we, we learn. We learn. <laughs> So, oh god! But, Taylor, Taylor Lautner used to work out at the gym that my mom worked at. <laughs> Excuse by me. By the way, yeah. just randomly, just in case at anyone time. Is, yeah, yeah. She worked there, and he would go work out there. Yeah, just in case Arizona. anyone, just in case anyone cares. <laughs> I care a lot. <laughs> um, no, but yeah, The Hunger Games is epic. I'll always love it. Um, Catching Fire is still the best. Oh one. yeah, one hundred percent. The the filmmaking of Catching Fire is. So good. The aspect ratio change. Mm-hmm. She comes up into the arena. Oh. Dude. Even like the, Killer. I mean, I get like the different color palettes and why they do it, but like, I mean, they also had like double the budget, yeah. but the first one, like, cause we were, me and my friend were watching the first one and then we started watching the second, but I was like falling asleep. So we stopped. Um, but even just like watching them immediately after each other, you can just tell like oh, yeah. how much more value it is. Um, yeah. For some reason, though, the first one is like a comfort movie for me. Mm. 
Like what? Yeah, I don't. It know. is depressing. Yeah, I know. I, I didn't realize that's how most until... of my comfort movies are. <laughs> True. I, I call Midsummer a comfort movie, so I actually can't talk. I was. Wait a second. Hold on. That's at least the same level of messed up. At least. I don't know. I just I find the first movie like it definitely doesn't have the same budget, and there's some problems with it. But for some reason, I put the first movie on, and I'm just like in. Mm. Like I'm just in. Fair. It's also. Know. A different director is the only one that's by Gary Ross yeah, and not yeah, um, yeah. Francis Lawrence. So, but yeah. Yeah, it's got a different style to it, but it still holds up. I still gave it five stars. My, I still, my thing, and it's not the movie's fault, it's the book's fault, but Finnick, I will never forgive anybody. No. I will never forgive anyone for that. That was so <sighs> unnecessary. <laughs> We all we all knew what kind of danger they were in. We didn't need to sacrifice Finnick to, to show people that. Like we know. Spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't watched the Hunger Games. Yeah, if you spoiler have, alert if you for the eight watched, year old movie. If you, <laughs> if you haven't watched it at this point, I I don't have any pity <laughs> for you. I really don't. Fair. But like, come on. <sighs> anyway, that's my one thing that I always teenage just, t- teenage young adult Taylor coming out right now. Yeah, well, I'm like, listen. <laughs> I've got some bones to pick with this movie. Yeah, can we be Team Finnick? Yeah. Can I, I do so that? Because yeah, I, I, I was never like, ha- I never had an emotional attachment to Peter. That's fair. Throughout like watching it when I was younger. Maybe I'll rewatch it now and have that emotional attachment that I should have had, but I don't know. That was a weird five years. That was a what? weird five years. That was of, an epic five years. No, no, no. We like, need to go where, back where to this every kind of stu- No, where yeah, every okay. studio just went... <laughs> Dystopian young adult. I know, and they movie. all just tried to We got Runner, all of them. All of them. All they don't make movies like this anymore. Well, they no, don't they, because they they ran their oil, the the well dry and the last three tanked. So yeah, unfortunately, like, you know, like Allegiant, they, they didn't even finish. They didn't Divergent even. Yeah. Ones they because didn't. Because Divergent just sucks. Besides the first one, the first one is so good, <laughs> yeah. and then it just like yeah. I don't know. We what, need more but, Hunger Games. But again, the actual problem with Divergent, like as a series is the ending sucks in the book. Yeah. The mm. book ending sucks, so you're like, well, there's not much. Just not I'm not going to get into it because I don't want to spoil it. I would guess we're not going to do that. But it's... Let's just say Triss had some really shitty friends by the end of that book. Mm. Like, I just love that we're going on a young adult and d- also, tangent right now. I, I I'd like to say I feel like the Maze Runner probably wouldn't have had such a depressing just nosedive if Dylan didn't almost die filming the third one (laughs) where they had to just shut down all of production for like a year. That was, there was some crazy shit going on back then with these YA movies, man. I miss it. I miss Mm. it. Amazing. God. What a, what a good conversation. Look at that. Five years. That wild five years. I know. Um, And then last one, I rewatched her last night on Valentine's day by myself. (laughs) Much to my parents, like, they found it hilarious that I went and did that. Because um, I didn't, I just said I was going to watch a movie. They might have assumed that I was going with someone, so they just didn't ask. I come home and they're like, so how was your movie? And I was like, oh, yeah, I went and watched her by myself. And they're like, wait, are you, are you hiding something from us? Like, so a date you don't want to tell us about? I was like, no, I went and watched her. And they're like, by yourself on Valentine's Day. <laughs> I was like, you guys can shut up. <laughs> Excuse me. Don't, don't just me. rub it in my face that I'm single. Thank you very much. Um, Our she, parents the best. Yeah. And she was, they were like, was there anyone else single in the theater? I was like, yeah, there was actually a lot of people. So shut up. <laughs> but anyway, no, um, I love her so much. Um, just everything about it. It's and it really like 
this viewing because this was like the third time I'd seen it or something. Mm. Um, I didn't, I don't know why, but until now I didn't really realize how much, probably because I was seeing it alone on Valentine's Day, but I didn't realize how like much of a lonely person movie it is. And mm. I felt weird for like all the couples in the theater. I was like, you guys watching it's not this a really right great Valentine's Day movie. No, I, don't I think why. They, I think well, it was ten years. I think like it yeah. technically is a romance. Maybe the programmers at Palace didn't actually yeah. watch the movie before they advertised. Shocking! It. <laughs> I know. How dare they? Um, but no, the script, the acting, the cinematography, of course, is just like stellar stuff. Um, if you haven't seen it, you need to see it. Um, I love it so much, and it's just not your typical romance. Um, and to be honest, I don't even know if I don't I I don't really call it a romance. It's not really a romance to me. It's a drama movie. Yeah, like it's a, it's a it has it has a romance in it technically, but it's not really about that mm. per se. So I don't know. The only thing this just makes me more depressed about is Spike Jones. Can you make another movie, please? Like what was the it's last been movie he made that. Oh, really? It's been a decade. Yeah. <gasps> It's Damn. been a decade since he made a movie. Like, like directed or anything? Did he, well, he wrote the Jackass movies. He's a Jackie. <laughs> what? Like, like Spike, <laughs> what? Jones, Spike Jones has one of the greatest careers ever. He is like- <laughs> He the, is versatile. Yeah. He does so a lot the of- Jackass movies are his. He, he does, he writes for Jackass because that's where he came from. But then, you know, obviously being John Malkovich is amazing. I, I, I love Adaptation. I adaptation has my favorite Nick Cage performance. More, I I, I think it is incredible. Um, Where the wild things are is I loved that as a kid. Yeah, no, I I think it's a really great movie. I just it's but it's again it's so different to everything else he does. And then yeah, and then her, which is his masterpiece. I think her is yeah. How easily- the fuck does the same guy who wrote her write fucking bad <laughs> grandpa in Jackass? I don't understand this. Because that's where, but that's where he got his start. Like he was with the Jackass crew. He's part of Jackass, so still just doesn't make sense. But anyway, her. That's all I've seen this week. <laughs> Jacob's seen nothing, so. I know. I've been. I'm, I feel like this is like the second or third week in a row where you're like, just yeah, stop so, watching the Last of Us in football and watch well, something. Else. Uh, yeah, I, that's. Fair. I, to be fair, it's not just that. I have also been packing, so I have been doing a care. lot of packing. <laughs> yeah, so that's kind of where I'm at right now. Is well, Taylor sits down and watches movies, and I'm packing the house. Up. I've been helping. You have no. You, admittedly, me. you have. Um, anyway, but, yes. don't, excuses, excuses. You could have watched one movie. <laughs> I could have. I yeah. I need to start getting back into watching movies. It is just yeah. Well, you're I'm, kind of just watching the movies that we have to talk about. So at least you're doing that. Yeah, at least I'm not just turning up and going. Hey, I didn't watch anything at all. That's gonna be me, Fast and Furious week. <laughs> I'm not fucking watching that movie. I don't care how much you pay me. You don't pay me anything. I don't pay so. you anything. So. <laughs> I was going to say, we all do this the goodness out of our hearts and because... I don't have know, the goodness in my heart to like, watch that movie. This is not... We don't what, make money off of this. What is there that week? Just, yeah, what, what week does that come... What date is it? The 18th of May. There is nothing else coming out that week. Well, I'll be not here. <laughs> all so. right. It's... Yeah. There is nothing else that week. Renf- Wait, Renfield got... We got Renfield got delayed here. What? Until when? When, May. when? when was it coming out? No, April. Like April, mid-April. It's not coming out here then for us anymore. Anyway, we'll, we can have a Love look at that. that. We can have a look at that afterwards. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Australian distribution, guys. 
It's amazing. And I wonder why, like, everything tanks over here. <laughs> it's like, oh, because when everyone's talking about it in America, nobody can find it over here. Yeah. Like, everyone's and like, they oh, don't care. And they just forget about it. Yeah. <sighs> anyway. Doesn't Pearl come out in, like, less than three weeks? <laughs> yeah. Third of March. <laughs> yep. Nearly there. Yep. We're almost there, guys. We can almost watch Pearl. Oh, stretch. <laughs> Oh, man, don't you love it? All right, guys, let's move on to, of course, the movie we got to see at the same time as everyone else, which and actually earlier, which is uh, always great. And we are, of course, talking about Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. You have a daughter, but you've lost a lot of time, like me. We can help each other with that. Scott Lang and Hope Van Dyne, along with Hank Pym and, Jan- and Janet Van Dyne, explore the quantum realm where they interact with strange creatures and embark on an adventure that goes beyond the limits of what they thought was possible. So what did we think of Marvel's latest? So this is, was my tweet when we were still under embargo and could only give out our social reactions. My tweet was, Michelle Pfeiffer and Jonathan Majors in scenes together. The second post credit scene. Those are the positives of Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. That was my concise little immediate thoughts about the movie. And I've had a couple days to think about it. Opinion has not gotten better in those three days. Um, yeah, there's... Tonally, this movie's kind of all over the place. Um, it doesn't know if it wants to be... It doesn't know if it wants to move in the more serious direction it feels like the MCU as a whole is moving in or if it wants to be a fun Ant-Man movie because it kind of tries to be both and that doesn't really work. Um, I'll get more into that when we talk spoilers because there's a specific element of that that I really want to talk about. Um, the editing choices and the pacing of the film sucks. Like there, It just never... <laughs> It does because it's choppy and it never falls into a good rhythm. Usually you have story mm-hmm. beats where you cut certain scenes and you just, a movie falls into this rhythm you can go on a journey with. And this movie just, it would cut to a new scene and I'd be like, what? <laughs> what is happening? Like it just was so chaotic, but not in an interesting way. Just like, what is happening? Um, the action scenes very chaotic you couldn't see who was doing what kind of action or where you were or like i never knew what character was doing the action or who was getting punched or like what that was really bad um and none of the side characters or like secondary characters mattered like none of them really had a purpose for being there other than oh we got to move this story beat along So we need a character there who can, like, have an excuse to, like, help move the story beat along. Mm. But they also, like, weren't interesting either. Um, And we'll talk more specifically about that later. Um, But that kind of really sucked. And I also feel like by the end of it, nothing changed. There was no actual character arcs for any of the characters. Like, by the end, I don't feel like they learned anything or grew as characters or like there was just no I feel like you could wipe this movie out of the MCU timeline and the characters how they are like the development would be the same which is really really strange um especially for a movie that has 
like Kang the Conqueror in it mm-hmm. to have him really be the only character that I feel like kind of has an arc and the rest of them don't. And there's no real emotional crux. Um, they want it to be the father daughter relationship, but again, there's no character development. There's no, <laughs> there's just nothing there. So by the end of it, when you're supposed to care about Scott and Cassie finally getting to spend time together and they quote unquote understand each other better now, like it's just really unearned and you just don't feel it. So I was really bored. I felt like most of the movie was pretty dull. The visual effects are a lot better than they were in the trailers, but so much of it still just feels untethered. Like I know it's the quantum realm, but it just, there's nothing tangible about it. It, Like they just don't take the time to, to make that a thing. And so it's really hard to feel like when you're moving from one, you know, set piece to another, it's, it's hard to like feel the weight of it. Like, you should feel something when you're going from one place to another. You should have some form of connection or understanding of space and of like what, like you just never know what's going on with any of that. So it was all a bit of a mess, I think. Um, this is the first one for me. The Ant-Man movie, I'm not massive on the Ant-Man movies, but they've at least always known their their role and that, and I thought, and Peyton Reed has been really well in tune to what they should be. Peyton Reed, I get that Peyton Reed would have been the first choice for it because he's done the other two. He's the wrong director for this movie. Yeah, I it, agree. It, it, they deciding that that Ant Man was going to now be an event, like not an Avengers level movie. It wasn't going to be a the side comedy movie that mm. the the other two have been. Well, yeah, they're the first movie that gets the big bad. Yeah. We haven't seen him in a movie. We've only seen him in a TV show yeah. until this point. Yeah, but like and that's kind of, and I think the problem with that is they're going, "All right, Peyton, now you've got to go do the big world building, make the movie look bigger." And it just doesn't feel it. Like it you you actually do feel as though he's breaking at the seams and the whole movie is just that it's kind of just breaking and not quite sure of it's very unsure of itself and and i think i like i i think peyton's limitations as a director really came out in terms of big budget action movie came out here because it's a lot more straight laced rather than again a typical ant-man movie of hey it's cut. We we kind of play into the fact of how ridiculous and kooky this is, and all that. Like here, it's they kind of play it a little more straight laced because they have to because they've got to make Jonathan Majors this terrifying villain. Which, admittedly, Majors is awesome. Majors, mm-hmm. I think He's Majors great. and Michelle Pfeiffer are the two biggest positives from this movie. Um, my net will never ever forgive this movie for is you had. You had William Jackson Harper and you have wasted him in the MCU. I will never forgive you for that because, yeah, he, his his character is just so wasted. And, and again, and the other thing that I think hurts this movie as well is it's the third film in Ant-Man. And then who, where are all of the supporting cast from those other movies? Like, yeah. we, 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 you know, Louise isn't in here. and Like, I, I think we're missing a lot of those characters and and i i just think this movie isn't doesn't land the way like what it 
takes away from the other Ant-Man movies. What it gives us instead isn't interesting or as fun. And so you're kind of like, okay, this isn't as, I don't really enjoy it. What this probably could have been and probably should have been is a Thor movie. Yeah. Like that's kind of where like it's leaning towards a little bit at one point. You're like, okay, so this is, you're kind of trying to be kind of Ragnarok. Mm. And you just haven't got a director who's no who knows what how to do that. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting because I do think and again, this is something that the director wouldn't have been able to fix. Like this isn't Peyton Reed's fault. I just don't and I get like I get wanting to involve the quantum realm when you're bringing in Kang the Conqueror into the movies. Like I understand that. But I just don't think Ant-Man was the right match. Mm. Like, I don't think putting him into the MCU through an Ant-Man movie was the right way to go. Mm. The the tone, I just think, what what people actually like about the Ant-Man movies basically had to be sacrificed mm. to make this a movie that you can put Kang in. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit frustrating because, yeah, we it's just like the worst visual movie we've had like oh i don't know ever in marvel history but it's quite bad Uh, yeah because especially like you're in the quantum realm and it should be this like colorful marvelous thing and it's just so dull and you can tell it's like they're looking up or they're running from something and you can just you know it's a green screen and it's not just because we have a film eye and like it's just it's just obvious um and that hurts it a lot and I feel like Marvel having to go like having ventured out into space and gone beyond Earth because I was having a conversation with I think co-workers and we were talking about how back in the day it was just Earth like all you had to deal with was Earth and so that's why they didn't look like this in the past and they actually put some effort into it but now that it's all basically out of space and no ability for practical effects it's just completely dull which really hinders the enjoyment of the movie as well um and yeah i agree that like jonathan majors is basically the only good thing about this movie like i only really cared when he was on screen and he bodies the kang role like he is epic and i really loved kang in loki like his character really interested me um and i love that series as a whole it might be my, my favorite marvel project they've done um, so I was really excited for this to see where they go with the Kang character and tell you, right. Like he's like the only one that kind of advances, but like only the tiniest bit. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like that's just Marvel now. They just kind of are making movies for the sake of making movies without actually considering if the characters are going anywhere and thinking about anything. Um, so yeah, just another fumble of the bag from Marvel. It's yeah. I think the most confusing thing about this movie, because you're, I think you're right, but the most confusing thing about, I feel like they're making movies because they're like, okay, we put this movie out and by the end of this movie, these characters need to be here so that in the next movie, the universe can move forward to get to here. Mm. And then it can, like, they're planning it not based on making the individual movies interesting. They're like, this is the end yep. goal. By the end of this, the characters need to be here. Don't care what else you do but it needs to tie into this that'll eventually tie into this that'll eventually tie into that. Yeah. But the problem is 
looks like Kang gets moved forward as a character, maybe like half an inch. Mm. Like his character development and none of the character development, I feel like by the end of it, like I said, you could wipe this movie out and I don't think you would miss anything. Mm. No. Well, I mean, okay. Um, well, let's get into spoilers because there's something they do with Kang that I'm not a massive fan of. Okay. So let's just get into spoilers and then we can actually talk about that. Okay, one last thing. Yep. With the amount of money that gets poured into these movies budget-wise, I there I don't care what anyone says. They do not have any excuse not to put some money into making some practical effects. Mm. You could make a practical spaceship, you know, capsule. You could make yeah. a practical... Like, Little things. It doesn't yeah. have to be everything. Yeah. But even if you just did one or two little practical things, it would help so much in gra- like in making it feel grounded enough to where you're like, oh, yeah, they're walking off an actual spaceship ramp. Mm. And they're actually like, it's just because even now, like in the newer movies, they don't even film like real streets. Mm. Like they green yeah. screen people walking down a neighborhood street. Yeah. Which is the most frustrating thing in the world and why the movies through and through, even if they're not in space, feel so fake now because mm. they refuse to actually use a real physical street mm. and they don't build an actual set of it. They yeah. just throw up a green screen. Yeah. And with the movie studio that's making the most money by a lot, mm-hmm. that is absolutely like literally disgusting. Disney. Like you have all the money at your disposal. Like what are you yeah. doing? Okay, now we can go to spoilers. Right, let's go to spoilers and we'll start talking about this. This is your spoiler alert for Ant-Man and the Wasp. So you're saying, like, you're right in that, oh, we do a little bit of character development for Kang, and then they kill him. Mm-hmm. Like, I know it's this version of it, of Kang, and then and they're kind of setting up, oh, there's the multiverse of Kangs, and... I don't know if I believe he's actually dead, though. Yeah. I, to I, be fair. I just more, I'm more... Okay. But yeah, I get what you mean. That was my biggest fear going into the last 15 minutes of the movie. I was like, if we go through all of this and he just ends up, this version of Kang just ends up dying at the end, like what, what's the point? Like they, they, they come so close to making a choice in this movie as well when with Scott, with Scott actually sacrificing and staying in the quantum realm. I was like, oh my God, you're going to, I was hoping, I was like, that's an interesting choice. You're actually making a choice. And, and no, oh no, he's no, out. Okay. And they're just easily going. She just pressed a button, a button and they're, and they're easily back. going. And back. I just, yeah. it, it just felt like, come on, make some choices. Do make some bold, brave choices. And even though that would have been a cliffhanger to set up for another movie, fine. I'm yeah, fine with but, that. But you would have at least been interesting. But there's no trade off at the end. Mm. You kill or get rid of or whatever that variant of Kang and then they still get to go back home like Mm. in the snap of a finger at the end. And to me, that's just like, I don't get the point of trying to wrap this movie up in a pretty little bow when clearly like it's leading into bigger things. Like, especially I guess what frustrates me is it's clear that these movies, while they are standalone movies, that's not the point anymore. And if that's not the point anymore, I wish they would just lean into it because they're kind of half-assing it both ways. They're like kind of trying to make it a standalone movie, but then they're like, you know that it's like, you can feel that it's not that. And so I just feel like instead of getting one great 
movie that you know doesn't really stand that well on its own, but it's still like they're taking swings and it's like, I just feel like they're just stuck in the halfway. Mm. And so we just get this movie that just feels like it doesn't, but like, I don't, I don't know. Not to mention it's like Ant-Man and the Wasp and where the fuck is the Wasp? Uh, and where yeah. is Ant-Man and the Wasp? Yeah. Like, like I think you said on Twitter or in your letterbox review, Taylor, that like they aren't together at all. No. And then, then you're meant to like be happy that they're together at yeah. the end. It's just yeah. like, I don't get the, I don't get the Wasp part of this Ant-Man movie thing. <laughs> well, I, un- I understand that like technically you need to have them together so that he has access to like PIM tech and yeah. stuff and whatever. But if you're going to do that, at least make me kind of buy it mm. or have them like not be like getting along right now or like do something with it. But like she did, you're supposed <laughs> there's a scene where they're like all in a car together after picking Cassie up from jail. Mm. And then there's another scene where they're all at a dinner table together and you're supposed to believe in both scenes that Scott is the odd one out, that he's the one that's not hearing all the family secrets, that he's the one that doesn't know what's going on. But I don't, the movie never gives you any reason to believe that Hope and Cassie talk to each other. Mm. They never like directly, Mm-mm. like it's so There's, awkward. Yeah. It's I, so awkward. I think the way the film handles Cassie is pretty it's bad. bad. Yeah. Like, it's really it bad. Really, it it tries really hard to make Cassie like an established character through all of these movies, but obviously because of the age jump, she's not the same Cassie and we haven't seen all that. And it's not like the the answer to that and how you answer that problem is Hope survived the snap or the blip or whatever they're calling it now. Like Hope was there for the five years and that's, and that's, the, their, really, yeah. that's their relationship, yeah. but she wasn't. Mm. So she doesn't have anyone like, but they want you to believe that exactly. she does. Exactly, and that's yeah. that's the problem for me. Like it, they never one, they never address, they never really either dive into. Hey, we lost five years, like because Cassie obviously didn't get snapped, and and everyone else did. We lost five years. They never really addressed that, or and then they try and establish that it wasn't that Paul was the only one who lost five years instead of, no, they all did. Mm. Like, it it just, there's a really weird dynamic in how they try and establish these characters that hasn't been there in the other two movies. Yeah. And I just... The the whole dynamic is really, like I said, the tone is so different from the other two mm. Ant-Man movies we've gotten that it just feels like a weird, it feels like a really weird shift. None of the characters quite fit in to the, to the tone of the movie, like they all just feel a bit off. Um, especially since like there are dramatic moments in the other two Ant-Man movies, obviously, but this movie just feels like it's asking way too much of these characters that we've never really spent a lot of time getting to know on a deep level that you kind of have to, for this movie to work Mm -hmm. because like just having Cassie sit there and be like, and keep referencing that her dad's been gone and out of her life and stuff. That doesn't tell us anything. We already know that. Mm. Like we already know that. And just, I don't, I don't know. It's, I feel it's a problem. Okay. First of all, it's a problem because Michael Douglas clearly doesn't want to be there. Oh God. I've never like, seen, I have not seen an actor in any of these movies so clearly 
just not want to be there. He's not about it. Yeah. At all. So first of all, that's a problem, especially when Michelle Pfeiffer is trying so hard <laughs> to like, like they could not She's be on working a, overtime. They could yeah. not be more on opposite planets uh, with that whole thing. So that makes things interesting in a really bad way. Mm. Um, another, I mean, I can't tell if he just doesn't want to be there or if it's just the script is really bad. Like the dialogue is horrendous. Yeah. So the only moments when I wasn't sitting there like rolling my eyes at the dialogue is Jonathan Majors and Michelle Pfeiffer, like talking to each other because they charm their way enough through it where you're like, their chemistry is great and they're both really invested in it. And you can tell that they're not just showing up for the paycheck. Like they're actually there to give a performance and the rest of the, like everyone else trying to Cassie doing dialogue is, a real I really time. like Catherine Newton as an actress. She's not good in this. No. She's not. She's really. She's, she's really not. She's not good. In it. Like I like. I really like her in Detective Pikachu. I think she is yeah. very talented. She's not in this. Is she's bad in this? Well, it, and again, the father daughter relationship that I'm assuming is what they want to be the emotional crux of this story. It's bad. Yeah. Like th- to some extent, it's like kind of ironically funny that she has no chemistry with Paul Rudd because it's like, yeah, they haven't spent time together since one of them got snapped. (laughs) But at the same time, it's just so bad. Like, it's just when they share like their big like hug and stuff, you're just like, I feel any. Oh no. Yeah. Oh, and like, and uh, like you guys were talking about it earlier with the way, the way this movie uses scale and Mm -hmm. size. Yeah. Is frustrating. Yeah, just just slightly. Yeah. Do, yeah. Do you want to do you want to uh, elaborate? Okay. So this isn't this is not an original thought from my head. This is a tweet that I that like I saw and I was like, oh god, that it's one of those things that like clicked and like yeah helped me realize like why I was really annoyed with just like the aesthetics of the movie. The first two Ant Man movies they recontextualize ordinary objects that we're all familiar with so like when ant-man shrinks and all of a sudden you have a thomas the tank engine that's Mm. way taller and way bigger than him you understand like your brain just gets it like oh he's really fucking small and this is really cool to see the world that we recognize from that perspective or when he gets really huge and all of a sudden he's taller than a skyscraper or he can lean against the skyscraper our brains just we get it because we're familiar with it and it makes sense And you get that desired effect because the purpose of it is to have an effect, to get a reaction out of us. In the quantum realm, at least in this version they've created of the quantum realm, because I do think it's possible to make it work in the quantum realm, but not this quantum realm. Mm. There's no familiar objects, first of all, to us. It's all completely different, which is fine. You can get past that if you do it creatively. The problem is... At least 99% of everything in the quantum realm is visual effects or green screen. Like, it's not practical. And so, it's not practical, and they don't do a great job of of establishing scale either. Like, for the most part, it's really hard to tell, um, like, how far away things are or how big things actually are Mm. or to really have anything to compare them to for the most part. Um, And so when, you know, when that scene, when 
um, Cassie and Scott are both giant and they share a hug and they're like, oh, we're giants. And you're looking at it going, they look so like, normal what? sized. Yeah. Like that is such a huge problem because I think that it's, it's used so well. It's, it's one thing in the first two movies that even if you don't love those movies, I think you have to appreciate that's like such an element of magic to it where you're just like, you know what? That's fun. Mm-hmm. Like that's really co- a cool idea and a really interesting way. And like from the second movie where they're in the kitchen and you have them navigating around and having like the, the fight, like that's so interesting at, at least. And it's fun in the quantum realm. Not only do they only utilize it a couple of times, but it's just like, I don't know. It just doesn't feel like there's any magic to it. It doesn't feel interesting. It's just, there's nothing special about it, which is really depressing. <laughs> actually yeah i that's kind of where my big problem with a lot of this film comes from is because it's so so intrinsically set within the quantum realm everything about it feels so fake it never like you. You were saying earlier, it feels on the, the entire movie. You can just feel the green screen. I can see the seams, like the entire yeah. movie. You can see the seams of where the green screen is, what's real, like and. But I do think even people who aren't like us, like mm. who are more of a general audience, I think you can still feel it. Like oh, even yeah. if you can't pick Definitely, out why, yeah. I think you can yeah. still feel it. No, and I, I think that's a problem with this movie. I think it's a problem with the last few MCU movies, but I think like it's, Love and, Love and Thunder had that Love problem. And problem Love and well. Thunder had that massive problem as well. And I think this one has it a, a, a just as big. And I think that's where and again these are that's the reports that we're getting about the marvel and the visual effects artists and it's just because they're so overworked and so underpaid and but but again like even without even if they were given all the time in the world and they were being paid as much as they were i just like and people can yell at me and be mad at me i don't care i just don't think visual effects are ever going to be able to fully replace feeling Mm -hmm. tangible things i think jacob it was you who said it to me where it's i think it was you you said because, um, you know, when you have something that's actually physically tangibly there, when you're doing lighting in a scene, like it's going to hit, yeah, it's just going to hit, hit it differently than you can make mm-hmm. happen in a visual effects shot. And your mm-hmm. brain just like knows can those things. It. Like they're just things you can't. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, and there's a lot in this movie that visual, that visual effects wise, I think they do not get, get right. All right, let, let's let's. Can we talk, talk about yeah, it? Because I am just disgusted and appalled. It's the funniest moment of the movie, and not and in and a not good in the way, way they wanted. No, Modok is an atrocity. So when I tell you, I was crying of laughter. <laughs> My Kiara and I could not stop oh, laughing. Listen, the look on Blake's face was priceless. <laughs> like just it. Look, oh boy. Yeah, look, Modok in this. And there's a way to do Modoc. There is. There is absolutely mm-hmm. a way to do Modoc in this, and it's I not. I haven't seen comic accurate Modoc. Okay, probably. so comic. So like the problem, okay. the biggest problem that they have with Modoc <laughs> is it's just Corey Stroll's face stretched, but with nothing else done I to know. it. <laughs> Yeah, and it's like, literally just like oh, look at literally the first oh second it God. appeared on screen and we got to see his really disturbingly stretched face. I went, "This is Spy Kids 
with George Lopez's face, like in that circular thing. But yeah, but yeah. with but with a much bigger budget and somehow it looks worse. I don't know why they had because he had like the mask over his yeah. face. I don't know why they had to lift it. I, that part that, I don't get either. Like yeah. they lifted it and then it was funny. Yeah, yeah. Before that, it could it could have worked. They could have worked. Yeah. The, the stretched face just absolutely sent me into I, I another. And the little legs, and then they, he turns around and his little bum. Like, yeah, that was um... like that's like just the, I. The, the, there is a way to do it, and it's just the problem they have is you've just got to alter Corey Stroll's face. Yeah. It's too normal looking. Yeah. As it's, in, like, yeah. it's not, it's, no, put lines, put. Well, yeah, like, you can see in the comics, it's just lines, and it looks like really, like his face is like dragged down almost. Yeah. It's, but it's just. Making it look like just face. his normal stretched face. Is so jarring yeah. because it feels so fake. Yeah. Like yeah. it just feels fake. You've got to like give some rough and tumble and like some yeah. grit to it or yeah. something because it was just really disturbed. Like every time he came on screen, I was like, I feel severely uncomfortable. And I was laughing every time, even if it was a serious scene. And yeah. I'm like, this is not what you want. No. Like- and then like, and then, you know, the way, and I get that the his death of I'm now an Avenger, that moment is meant to, it's meant to be funny, yeah. but it wasn't funny. It was just, this is stupid. It, yeah. It was more like, it was actually just uncomfortable. It, well, like it was, <laughs> it was just why. It was like mean spirited in a really terrible way yeah. because you have, because the point of the scene was the audience is supposed to be laughing about it. Mm. And the characters in the scene are supposed to be really like humoring him, but yeah. uncomfortable. Like it's just a really weird, you can tell Modoc was supposed to be the comic relief in this film. Mm. And it really doesn't work for me because the humor doesn't work, but also because the aesthetics they chose are really, really dist- distracting. Yeah. But also why do you need comic relief in a movie with Scott Lang? Yeah. yeah like what exactly. were they doing? Yeah. Exactly. That's that. I get that you don't have his crew in the movie and they're a huge part of the normal comic relief, but like, and I know Scott's going through it a little bit in this movie, but it feels like they kind of sucked a lot of his personality out of him because like, except for in the very beginning and the very end where he's strolling down the street doing his thing, but then they get to the quantum realm and it's like, he's not even the same person anymore. Mm. Like, it's just really weird how they've just all of a sudden we're like, and Scott doesn't get to be the comedic guy anymore. It's going to be Modoc, And also, we're going to shove it into scenes with Jonathan Majors where it really doesn't work yeah. at all. Like, it's really odd. Modoc, like, I get being like, hey, Modoc in the world of their mindset makes sense. As in, like, hey, it's the quantum realm of, like, after what he went through. Like, yeah, obviously, Modoc's here. That makes complete sense. And I think if you had just either kept masks shut or had made him menacing through the or, entire thing. Or absurd. Make yeah. him more absurd. Like, don't don't give me realism. You got to go one way or the other. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think that was... The, I think that's the big problem with Murdoch is, like... I get Murdoch is inherently a silly character, and comics and everyone have kind of made him a joke as well. Like, even the, cut, the animated show made him a joke as well. Mm-hmm. But, like... So then do that make him a joke and an actual joke, but you've got to make the the visuals serious so the joke lands. And having the joke just be, hey, look at my weird big face. It's like, that's not funny. That's just 
bad. Yeah. Like my the because the first thought when you see it is that's really bad visual effects. Like it, it you're not thinking of oh this is so absurd it's funny. It's like no that's we all know it's visual effects it's and it's bad. It yeah. And that's and unfortunately that's what it comes across as. Yeah. Like it yeah. comes across as it's lazy and it and when in reality it was probably a choice from the higher ups. And yeah. then the visual effects people are sitting there going, uh It feels like Sonic all, all right. over again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like and you're just like, okay, all right, that's well that's where we're at now. All right. Like I just yeah. I want to talk about something else that really annoyed me because I feel like this scene I feel like the whole point of this scene and it probably actually isn't this, but it comes across feeling this way. I feel like the whole point of this scene was we need a really big celebrity cameo. How can we put someone in there? Mm-hmm. Because Bill Murray, that scene <laughs> is so pointless. Yeah, It's what I was kind of referring to earlier in the non-spoiler por- portion. He's literally there to move the characters from one spot to the next. Yeah. But that's literally, and to have some weird background with Janet. Mm-hmm. But like, that never comes back. Yeah, like, yeah. never really gets yeah, readdressed. Yeah, never comes full circle. Like, it's just, it's, and because he gets killed, it's kind of like, oh, this isn't. Yeah, it just felt like they went. Well, we can plop Bill Murray in here, and it'll get a great audience reaction. Like that's what it felt like. Mm. The whole scene was, mm-hmm. and it's yeah. just like, why? Even his entrance kind of like entrance felt feels a bit like meta. it. Yeah. Like, oh, it's Bill Murray. Yeah. It it does. It feels like he walks in and everyone there is supposed to like, Go, you know, oh, like throw confetti or something. Yeah. Like it just feels really. They kind of do that, like with the Harry Styles post credit scene for Eternals. Mm. The way that he entered, it was like we're bringing out Harry yeah. Styles. I but really like, hope that trend doesn't keep. I mean, yeah. it probably will, but I just hate it. Like for a post credit scene, it can kind of work. Yeah, like for because, sure. Yeah. Like a post credit scenes can work because it's. And especially the way that one does it is it is being built as that kind of moment of like, oh, we're bringing like, this. There's a name coming. Like it's being yeah. built as that. And it's kind of whereas in this one, it's no, this is a character moment. This is a moment for these characters and a plot point. Like, and it's just, yeah, yeah it feels weird. That really bad. Mm, I not. Nah. Yeah. And like, even when they, you know, we see Scott and Cassie with like, the people that live in the quantum realm, like they're brought, they're captured and brought down to meet with the people there. Um, and you know, that that's where we see William Jackson Harper. Um, unfortunately, like he's great, but that's just, I feel so bad for the lines he has to stand there and mm-hmm. say, because they're so bad. Yeah. Uh, his character is just <laughs> such a nothing, like throwaway thing. But like in that moment, it's supposed to be a really funny moment, like clearly because they they make him drink the uh, holes guy, which is a whole thing. Uh, and then they like understand the language, and then it's supposed to be this funny thing. And you have a little character yelling about not having holes, and they have the whole thing that's supposed to be funny because it's like, what? How many holes do you have? Like, it's just, <laughs> it's really just. <laughs> I I don't even know how to. I don't it's just so it's just bad Mm. it's just really like it's supposed to be this thing that you know works as a kids won't understand it but it's still funny but adults should think it's funny and it's just really not that yeah like I don't know man I I don't know (laughs) 
Well, do you want to talk? Uh, so, have you actually watched the second post? No, wait, you couldn't have because it's airing tonight. I was like, oh, have you actually watched the second post credit scene? Yeah, no, yet? We, we left. <laughs> the second post credit scene, I could have taken 90 to 120 minutes of just whatever was going on. Well, yeah, we're well, getting I, it. I was really like, because. Wow. I left and because I was like, I can just watch it at work. Like, I'll go into one of the cinemas, whatever. Mm. Um, and then you texted me saying it was Loki, and I was like, fuck! <laughs> God damn it! Of I literally, it's fucking Loki. I think I put it in my review, but I was like, that was the most excited and responsive I was to what I was on seeing on screen for the entire movie. I think it's the most excited I have been from something. Can you, from can you Marvel. explain it to me? So, okay. but it's, it's, all right, it, Feels like it's a scene directly from the coming season. It does, yeah. Like it, they, right, they've just okay. grabbed it. it it's, so it's so they go, they're going they go back in time. It looks like it's nineteen thirties, oh. Some, something like that. And you have Jonathan Majors, Kang, whatever, on the stage on a stage, and he's like doing giving a, a monologue or something like about time and some, something like that. And then it pans from him to the audience. And you see Hiddleston and Hiddleston and um, Owen, Wilson. Owen Wilson talking, and he's like, he's like, oh, I thought you said this guy was like scary or something. Mm-hmm. And Loki's just like, that's the guy. He that's is the guy. like, yeah. you don't get it, and that's like the whole scene. Right. Okay, yeah, like it, it's it's really short, but I was like, <laughs> hold up, yeah. hold up, <laughs> it's like, just wait like, a second, yeah. Wait, Kenny, Wait, we're actually- why? I want this. To- oh, and then it cut. Like, it cuts to black and says, "Kang will return." Yeah, oh, nice, which is nice. like that's. But that was the whole. I spent so long in that movie theater <laughs> watching that movie, and that 30, 20, 30 seconds, I was like, "Oh, yes, 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 yes! All right, Loki season two. That's the only thing I care about anymore. Yeah, Let's same, go." Same. That's all I'm holding out for. Like, uh, yeah, I, I think it's the most excited for something in the I MCU was like, in oh my God, nearly yes. two years. Yeah, like, pretty much, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. I, I'm just at this point. And I said this on another show today, like, and it, like even the Guardians trailer, like, I, I just it looks fun. It but- looks fun. I, I cannot get excited for a Marvel movie right now yeah, because I'm, I'm hype for Guardians. Like deep, very deep down somewhere, I'm really hyped for it, but I'm also like just cautious. No, after after Black Panther, I don't think I, I can until a movie just actually gets me excited because. We all, you remember when that trailer dropped afterwards, we were all like, holy crap, this is the most excited I have been mm. for a Marvel movie in, in years because that trailer was incredible. And I was like, oh, my God, this is Black Panther. It's Ryan Coogler. He's going to come back. And the movie was so mediocre, mm. like just so bland and mm. mediocre. And what is this? Um, Yeah, so that's kind of where I'm at. Like, like I said, look, Secret Invasion could be cool. Loki season two, I'm very excited for. Mm-hmm. I don't know about everything else at this point, where I'm at. Like, yeah. Marvels comes out in July, maybe. Yeah, that maybe. one. Like, I mean, it's not getting much attra- like attraction around it, probably because it's like Captain Marvel, and everyone is a misogynist, apparently. Yeah, um, <laughs> that sounds about right. So, yeah, it's uh, yeah. I'm excited about that one just because I want to see all of the YouTube man babies crying and screaming (laughs) about Brie Larson again. Yeah, that that I'm I will say I'm excited for because they just somehow (laughs) I just want to see women on screen. Yes, Mm. yes, yes, yes. But that's yeah. I actually quite liked that 
TV show. What was it? Miss Marvel. Miss Marvel. Yeah. yeah. Um, again, I was on a plane and it was all I had to entertain me. And I've, I think everything I watch on planes is just like incredible to me for some reason. <laughs> but I really liked that show. So hopefully that's good. Uh, uh, yeah, but that's uh, that's kind of where I'm at with the MCU right now. Is just I not not so much need a break. As in, which I I probably do which is like impossible. Like well, that's that's the other problem is it is unless it's impo- you just just do like miss the movies and not yeah. see them and then eventually you'll catch up with them. But also like then you like miss if you're fine with missing discourse, I guess. But not only that, like it's you know you go oh well just don't see them. Yeah, like my parents or other people, I will tell them just don't go see them. That you do not have to see them. Yeah. You go, for what we do, we, it's impossible. Yeah, you, you, we you can't not go see these movies because they completely control the media right now mm. and completely are the discourse around where media is right now. Like I'd I'd love I like I don't ever want a movie to tank, and I do not want Ant Man to tank. It's the first one I have a feeling it could. Mm. This is the first one in a while that I have a feeling mm. could actually not tank, but really but by their un- standards, but by yeah. un- but underperform. And yeah. I, I think that there's a real chance at the moment. And it's not that I want that to happen, or that I'm like rooting for it, like going yes, people lose money. Like I don't want that, but it's at the same time is I just wish Hollywood would give us something different. Well, and here's the problem too, I used to be really excited about Marvel movies. And as much as, like, I do think it's a bit of a quality issue now, we also never used to get this many at the same time. Yeah. Yep. Like, if we were still getting two a year, one or two a year, I would be ecstatic about mm. that. Mm-hmm. The problem is they're just trying to pump out so many and yeah. do TV shows and do so much that it's like even if I wanted to take a break from it and step back, I would get so behind Just so fast. Yeah. Like I would if I took, you know, a year and a half off from watching it, I would be like eight movies and three TV shows down all of a sudden and I'd be like, I that's well, I mean, a lot. Well, I mean, you're already like four shows down. Yeah, but I'm also not a big TV. Like I have yeah. I personally have problems with keeping up with no, TV. But that's but, but, but that's but I'm like, but I'm, yeah, that, like, I like I, but the thing is I will make time if I care. Like, I made yeah. time to watch WandaVision. Yeah. Um, I definitely made time to watch Loki. Yeah. Because I've always been really interested in, well, first of all, Tom Hiddleston, obviously. <laughs> but I really just think, like, sadly, Loki's the only villain we've had stick around. Mm. Yeah. Everyone else just gets killed off and thrown in the trash can mm. after one movie. Mm. Which, I'm not saying they all have to stick around always, but the amount of character development... And, like, story arcs we've gotten out of Loki because, honestly, because fans have demanded they keep Tom Hiddleston around. Yeah. Like, it's insane. You just don't, even some of the main Avengers don't get that. Yeah. Like, I think Loki has more character development than we've ever seen out of Hawkeye. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's, I just wish that we got that kind of stuff. You know? Like... I wish it didn't take, I mean, this is a whole different conversation. Like I could go down a rabbit hole of this. Like I've been thinking about this a lot where I would really love to sit down and have a conversation and talk about who like we all think are legitimately giving like 110% real, like 
and I'm going to turn into Scorsese here, but like <laughs> real like performances in these movies. Cause mm-hmm. I think I could probably count on one hand mm-hmm. the amount of actors I think come in and really just like are trying are not even just trying. They just have the talent level yeah. where they just, they just are. Because to me, there's only a handful of them. And the fact that we started off and we kicked things off with having Robert Downey Jr., Mm. like, I think that set a specific tone. And then we kind of got a little bit away from that. Mm. And then, you know, like, it's just, I think there's a a tier of Mm. where we're at now. Yeah. I think one of the single biggest problems we are currently at with Marvel is because of who they've gotten and because of the names and everyone they've gotten, it is very much a, we've got you for 10 minutes yeah. on this day. But, but, or that's, we've what got, I, but yeah. that's what I mean. Like all of a sudden, instead of being like, we can have this movie with Robert Downey Jr. And we see if it works and we see what happens. And like, you just get, you're not worried about, we need to get a celebrity cameo in for 10 minutes. Yeah. Like that was never anything they were worried about in phase one. Mm. Like that just never was. Um, and I think also because they're pumping out movies so fast now, they need to cast so many people so quickly mm. that it's just, and, and at this point back then you didn't know really if it was actually going to be like a 10 year contract commitment, they yeah. probably told you maybe it had the potential to be that. Yeah. But now, you know, if you're signing on for this, you could potentially be doing you could be like doing a whole 10 while, year yeah. stint, which I think is tough for a lot of actors. Um, I just think it's an interesting conversation to have because I mean, do you, I don't know if you guys remember, I, I do, but when Tom Hiddleston was cast, people were, and when Chris Hemsworth and Tom were cast, people were like, who the fuck are these guys? This is going to be a joke. Mm. Like, yeah. yeah. Same with Chris Evans. Same, same with, with Chris, Chris Evans. Evans. Same with, I mean, same, same with Robert Downey Jr. Like, like I get. But yeah. Robert Downey Jr. is a little different. Yeah. Because he already yeah, had the, such a, stu- like, a career had, built up. Like, yeah. yeah, he was in a weird place in his life. Mm. But, like, we knew he could act. Yeah. Already. Like, he was already a caliber of his own. Mm. The other ones that they brought in, they weren't bringing in names to bring in names. They were auditioning people and finding these people that they really felt were going to be the the right fits for these. Like it wasn't, what's the biggest name we can get to sign a 10 year contract. Mm. And I feel like that's where we're at now, unfortunately, which I'm fascinated to know how they actually got Jonathan majors to agree to begin the MCU. I think cause it's all over in two years. You think so? You think they said you only have to sign for twenty twenty six, four years, or, or twenty twenty five, twenty twenty six? Yeah. Oh, well, they, they, yeah, they just delayed Kane till twenty twenty because twenty, yeah, because they delayed it to twenty twenty six. So because sec- yeah. he's going to be in Secret Wars, like, like that's Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars are tied into each other. So like, but I think that was probably how it's like this isn't a ten year deal because we're making this next saga a lot shorter mm. and yeah. Like you know, hey, go be the villain for the MCU for the next four Get years. The bag and run. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but no, I I agree. And if it was only a four year deal, I can see him wanting to sign that for mm. sure. I just feel like, you know, the way I hear him talk about, like in interviews about filmmaking and stuff, mm. I just 
if they said like we need you for 10 years i don't know if he no, would have done it <laughs> i don't know how many actors would at this, at this point, point yeah, yeah. Exactly. it's it's that, and that's why i'm really fascinated terrified mind you but fascinated to see what happens with fantastic four mm. and that Who casting they get. yeah because, um, oh, same with x-men well that, like, x-men's that, gonna well, be the other big here's the one. thing Hot take. I don't know if X Men's actually going to happen. Well, yeah, that's. Fine. I don't know if it's still. <laughs> if we're still in the MCU. If we're still in the point. MCU at that point, yeah. which would be, would it be objectively hilarious. By the way, mm. they've spent all this time trying to get the rights to X Men, and then the Ye- it just all f- finally gets to that point where no one really cares anymore. <laughs> anyway, but uh, that like it's amazing. So like after this movie, because the thing that this uh, I was saying that and I said this after we came out. This movie doesn't actually do anything like wrong. Like thought you watched Thor: Love and Thunder, and you're like, that was unfunny. It was pain. Like you could feel the. I don't want to say you could feel the laziness in that. I, I like Thor: Love and Thunder to me is one of the worst MCU movies. I, I really did not yeah. like Thor: Love and Thunder. No, I didn't either. Whereas floating, in- floating head boy will live in my nightmares <laughs> for the rest of time. That was the first movie I saw when I came back from Greece, like the day of. And it was like, oh, I think I was just so excited to be back in a movie theater that yeah. I actually liked that movie. Yeah. I, I'm really not. I really don't like that. But this one, I can't go. It, like, and I know we've just talked for an hour about it was this, this and this, but like. A lot of it felt is felt like, oh, this is an MCU Marvel movie, and there's not that is obje- like painfully bad outside of Modok. That yeah. is painfully bad teacher. That is painfully bad writing. That is painfully like th- there wasn't those painfully bad. That's why it's only a two star movie for me. Yeah, but and I, after afterwards, I, I turned to Blake and you guys, and I was like. I need to rewatch these Marvel, these old Marvel movies because there is no, like, there was no way they were this. Like, 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 because there's, again, there's nothing that these, this did wrong per se. It's just dull and boring. And I don't, and it could be a factor of superhero fatigue. Am I just fatigued from these movies? Am I just over these movies? Or do I, when we, because I haven't done an MCU rewatch in about five years. It's been a long it's time been, for me too. I haven't, I haven't done one I've since. I've done like two in the last, because I only really got into these movies right after Infinity War, because that was the first okay. MCU movie I saw. Um, but then I did another rewatch of My Best Friend when I was showing her the movies. Mm. And yeah, like the first ones just are so epic. And, but they're so epic in such a small scale. And they like, the ones coming out now should be more epic. Mm. And like the end games and the infinity wars, they are, but now it's just like completely gone backwards. Like, Oh, it's yeah. It's hard to watch. But that's, uh, that's where I'm at. Like, I, I want to go back and rewatch them because I want to find out like, are those movies still great or very good? Or have I just gotten so fatigued on, there and if i go back was there filmmaking was there actual genuine hey we're moving a camera hey we're actually setting up shots hey we're but i I know yeah okay (laughs) thor fair enough but like is there actual people who are making these movies and not i can feel a studio the entire time and i'm i'm fascinated to go back and watch them like that because I, what if you just watch the like title ones like Captain America, yeah. Iron Man, that kind of thing? Oh, I'll I'll sit down and do them. I'll probably do them in like a couple of weeks. Or I'll probably do them just before Guardians, to be honest. But mm. I because the last time I did it was just before Infinity War. That was right. that was the last time I did it. 
and that's what six years, four, five years ago. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. And then yeah, <laughs> this is the only franchise. This is yeah, like you you saying you know the Infinity War was your first one. I I still I saw Iron Man in theaters. I've seen every single MCU movie in theaters. Never like the only one I haven't seen opening. The only one I haven't seen opening day is Endgame. Sorry. Oh. It's the only one I didn't Bruh. see opening day. Sorry. And that well, was... Why? Um, <laughs> that was my fault. Uh, yeah, so was I fault. feel like I've heard the story, but retell. So we um, had... So Endgame opened on the on Anzac Day. That was mm-hmm. the day it was also the yeah. 25th of, of um, oh, April. Cool. Yeah, it was always opening on the 25th of April. Yeah. And then, so we bought tickets to Book of Mormon in Brisbane mm-hmm. on the 24th. Mm-hmm. And then, the and then uh, Disney pulled and uh, uh, Endgame by one day, and they made yeah. it on the twenty fourth. Yeah, I did see on the twenty fourth. But yeah. we couldn't go. We couldn't go because you had you had work. You had work that morning, and right. then and then I had Book of Mormon that night. Right. Like we had to go Book of Mormon that night, so we had to go so on Anzac Day. We had to stay off of the internet for <laughs> that day, day, and then go the next day. But and they didn't do screenings here at all for it, like anywhere. Yeah. Like you could not get um, be just because we got it so early. Like we didn't even do midnights here. Oh yeah, I remember like. I was in my film Twitter shit back then and I was in a group chat with a bunch of people about Avengers Endgame and a lot of them were from overseas and I was mm. like, Haha, I saw Avengers Endgame and they were like, what the fuck? I was like that was, I, remember, I was like that with Force Awakens and Last Jedi when those mm. came out because we were so early and I got, and I saw Last I saw Force Awakens really early when I shouldn't have. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so final thoughts. We kind of all said it. Yeah, I think we've said enough. Yeah, I think uh, I think we've kind of talked it out at this point. I just, yeah, it just makes me sad, man. It's just kind of depressing <laughs> where, where we are. At. But like, I I don't think I can bring myself to like really get excited about or look forward to anything that is not Loki season two. Yeah, same. <laughs> at this point, that's just where I'm at. I'm just I'm and as, as someone who that's the other thing. I'm devastated. Secret Invasion's not a movie. Because that could have been a really cool movie, but instead we're getting it as a TV show and a six episode. And I really am not a fan of the TV shows outside of Loki. I think Loki's the only one, and WandaVision are the two that have really. The, the, the problem landed. is, the problem is, it's only going to work if they've envisioned it as a TV series. Mm-hmm. If it's a movie that they were like, oh, this was a movie. And they're just going to try and chop it into a TV show. It's going to get real wonky. Mm-hmm. Like, because didn't I haven't seen it yet? But didn't you say Moon Knight kind of felt like that? Moon Knight felt like Moon Knight felt like it's a movie. It's a, it, Moon Knight felt the entire time it should have been a movie. The, where the, they just yeah, where it they've out. they've straight. I felt like it should have yeah. been a movie. It's especially because the last like two episodes of that are what I thought the whole season would be like, mm. like the the trippiness of it. Yeah. Um. And so making that a movie would have definitely cut out the filler. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll see. Yeah. I guess. All right, guys. What, what do we What do we got next week? <laughs> so uh, next week is oh yeah the next week's the next week's the big one. Next week is uh, one that I think we're all very very excited for. <sighs> Actually, I'm having a mind blank. I have no okay, idea what so you're about to say. Okay, so there's three movies. One uh, is a big one that we need to finally see and you get to finally talk about, and that's After Sun. That's next week. Oh, my God! Yes! <laughs> <laughs> yes! So we'll get to talk about After Sun. Uh, missing as well. Oh, yeah. Which I think is going to be fun. Really I'm actually I think it could be fun. Same, yeah. And then 
Guys, the greatest movie, the the best comedy of 2023 is going to be next week, and that is, of course, Cocaine Bear. Fuck yeah. <laughs> it's going to be oh, yeah. a real interesting week next week. Yep. True. I don't actually, never mind. <laughs> we'll talk about that after. And then, uh, and then, yeah, the, then the, and also the Luther movie, which I'm at, like, as someone who really loves Idris Elba, Idris Elba's TV show. What's that about? He's a cop. Um, it's a British. He, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. 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 It, okay. Yeah. They, they finally, they on? finally made a movie. It comes, it, it Netflix is releasing Netflix, it, okay. but, um, they're putting it in theaters for a little bit and it comes out on, um, next week. So after some missing and cocaine there, that yeah. is a trio right yeah. there, my friends. So next week, so tune in <laughs> next week. It's going to be a lot of fun. And, uh, we're finally going to actually talk about some of these movies that I'm very excited. So Taylor, where can they find you? Everyone can find me at Finally Tailored pretty much everywhere. Letterboxd, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Tumblr, probably some other TikTok, whatever. Just search Finally Tailored. It's probably me. (laughs) You can find me at Lainey Film on Twitter and TikTok and Elena Violet on Letterboxd and Instagram. And all of us are at Lights on the Screen on Instagram. And you guys can find me over at Twitter and Letterbox at Jacob Blunden. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. And until next time, we will see you right here on the podcast.